Hello, universe. This is Gold Podcast. I'm Les. And this is Doug. And we are genuinely out actively lifting society. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Goals Podcast. This is your host, Dub. Les is not sitting in on this one. It's our politics episode. <laughs> so I'm the one that actually pays a little bit more attention to the politics just because I think it's kind of interesting to look at everything that goes on with it. I'm not a fan of it, but I feel like it's a circus and sometimes it's hard to look away from those type of accidents. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, I thought we'd get this one started off with something a little bit special. So give you guys a little taste of George Carlin. I don't own the rights to this. This is a snippet I found over on YouTube and I'll put the links to everything in the show notes. But uh, let's just kind of get started with this. Here we go. Now, there's one thing you might have noticed I don't complain about. Politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Yeah. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses and American universities. And they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. And term limits ain't going to be any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here. Like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks. Fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall. Scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. <laughs> so I have solved this little political dilemma for myself in a very simple way. On election day, I stay home. I don't vote. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't vote. Two reasons. Two reasons I don't vote. First of all, it's meaningless. This country was bought and sold and paid for a long time ago. The shit they shuffle around every four years <laughs> doesn't mean a fucking thing. And secondly, I don't vote because I believe if you vote, you have no right to complain. People like to twist that around, I know. They say, they say well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote... And you elect dishonest, incompetent people, and they get into office and screw everything up. Well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, who did not vote, who did not vote, who, in fact, did not even leave the House on Election Day, I'm in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. So I know that a little later on this year you're going to have another one of those really swell presidential elections that you like so much. You'll enjoy yourselves. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure as soon as the election is over, your country will improve immediately. As for me, I'll be home on that day doing essentially the same thing as you. The only difference is when I get finished masturbating, I'm going to have a little something to show for it, folks. <laughs> Thank you very much. Man, I just I just love a little George Carlin. He's so timeless. And some of the things he does as a comedian makes you sit back and really start to think about what's been going on, especially in a year, <laughs> in a year like 2020. It's been a crazy year from out the gate. Stuff's been pretty interesting that's gone on this year. Top to bottom, anything you can pretty much name, there's been something interesting that's happened this year. And to top it off, we've just had one of the craziest elections, most historic elections, uh, very interesting time periods that I could ever imagine, especially when it comes to 
politics and everything going on surrounding that. You had Trump on one side, you had uh, Biden on the other, and you had a lot of other people in the middle who were um, not necessarily for either side, but just decided to go with what, what they felt was best. This election was just, it was very different than any other election I've seen covered. It was a, a very different feel from candidates. Nobody really talked about anything. I just saw a lot, a lot of divide, a lot of division. Uh, I lost friends due to this silly election. <laughs> people cut me off because of this election. Uh, I know there's other people out there like that. And what it really comes down to is we all need to just understand that a big chunk of America needs to come together and be able to agree to disagree and find common ground to move this country forward. Forward, And I didn't, I don't really think we have anybody that's been doing that lately. I mean, when you, when I went through and I was watching a lot of these debates between Trump and Biden, let's just talk about Trump and Biden first, before we even get to election night, <laughs> you had, uh, it w- would sound like, you know, schoolyard arguments and nobody could speak because the other party was constantly cutting the other one off. And then you also had a lot of just, uh, name calling. There was no agendas put forth that you really heard. You really just heard a lot of one side saying they did really well and what, what they, how they are just the best thing smoking. <laughs> and then you had another side, uh, really just arguing that they were the complete opposite of that and that they were going to be basically the choice that you need to make to get the other party out. And I think both of those stance stances never get anything across to uh, the public, especially if you're trying to uh, win over somebody to vote for you. I think that in this country, there's a lot that happens where we need to start to own when, okay, let, let, when we talk about voting, I'm going to get into a lot of that, but just in which you feel as a voter, stop giving your vote away. Make these candidates earn it. Stop voting people into office and then say, okay, now let's see what you do. Because that that concept has never really worked, I don't think, that I've seen in my my lifetime here in this country. And I haven't seen it work prior to that. So I think until we start holding politicians more accountable to us versus these large corporations that, you know, help them buy commercials and airtime to get people to vote for them or try to sway certain things a certain way, you're not going to see much change. And that's just from a voter standpoint, quote unquote, of what you feel on the voting. So we really got to, you know, really stop just throwing our vote away. And what do I mean by that? In this election, I thought it was quite interesting uh, Trump has over his four years in office and through his campaigning to become president, he was very divisive. He pulled at the, what I feel was, this is just my opinion, but I felt like he pulled on the heartstrings of uh, the hate that lies, that sleeping giant of uh, racial divide that lies within this country. And he woke up the sleeping giant within a lot of people that were feeling frustrated and got them on their the bandwagon for what he was interested in and rolled that ship into the White House and continued to proceed to push that same agenda by those that tried to help get him into office. Now, what I saw because of that was there's a, a large chunk of the black population that, you know, people of color like myself who automatically are voting Democrat. I don't know why, but but that is the case. Uh, it's happened since the the 70s. There was a there were a few things that happened back then within the 70s, a few bills and things that were passed that were supposed to uh, make people of color, I guess, feel like they were uh, a part of something and beneficial to to people of color. Uh, welfare was uh, enacted during that time frame as well which actually hurt black America more than anything. The uh, people of color in this country actually had the highest rate of marriage. It was like 84% of colored households in America in the 60s and 70s were were colored. Marriages, 84% of marriages were colored or of the black population, excuse me. 84% of the black population 
had uh, married couples in the house. When welfare came along, they said, well, in order for you to receive or become a welfare recipient, and this was not just black households, but this was the one that was decimated because of it, there could not be a man in the house. That was one of the rules. So these different policies we've seen have somehow pulled, you know, black voters over to uh, a democratic democratic vote. And Biden got on, <laughs> he got on, uh, he got on Charlemagne's show and basically at the end of it, trying to give a, a candid speech to help get the black vote and, and talk about his agenda, which I didn't really feel he eloquently did. That's just my opinion. But on the show, at the end of the show, the last thing he goes and says is, well, if you don't vote for Biden, Biden, you ain't black. <laughs> and I'm like, man, why would you even have to go there with that? That was, I, I just thought that was the stupidest thing, but it goes to show for me just the the lack of push. What, what ends up happening is, okay, we all know what happened with George Floyd. Unfortunately, that he's a household name now. He's a hashtag. The entire summer, we we heard a lot of um, antagonism about Black Lives Matter, things of that nature. And I feel like as black people in this country during an election year, we had such a big audience come and and listen in on what was going on in the black community that we did not take that opportunity to make our voices heard through this election. What ended up happening was, as usual, the Democrats automatically assumed they were going to get that vote. So with that assumption, that means that there's nobody trying to push forward, push forth any agendas that are specific to helping out uh, black communities become better off. What you end up happening is you saw them reaching out to the uh, Latino and Hispanic communities more because those voters vote Republican and Democrat. Um, no disrespect to that group. I-, I love that they were that you guys were able to get your voices heard and have an agenda put forth. That also helps you as well, because there's a lot going on for all people of color. I'm just speaking specifically to what I noticed with this election in the black community and the black vote. Because of that, you, you, you saw this push towards Hispanics and Latinos. And once again, black voices go unheard. All the noise, all the uh, energy was there for an opportunity to say, OK, we are going to actually hold your feet to the fire and you need to give us some true policies that you plan to push forward that would actually help our communities. Now, with that happening, I felt like maybe we could have a chance. Maybe this is the year we could have a chance to hold some politicians accountable to make some true, true, true systemic change within this country. Do I think that that's still possible? Yes. However, I feel that far too often, not only in black communities, but a lot of voters in this country, instead of making these politicians earn a vote, what ends up happening is we vote them into office, allow them to get in office and then say, okay, now let's see what you're going to do for us. Now let's talk about what have you. And it's like, at that point, it's too late because these politicians are on, they're already in, they know they have an agenda and they're pushing that forth. I feel like you have the opportunity while they are trying to get your vote to make a difference. And so I just would like to see that happen a little bit more within the communities of, of, of anybody, anybody trying to get a certain politician or if a politician is trying to get your vote, don't be so hard set on a Democratic Party or Republican Party, because there are a lot of us out here that actually hold values a little bit from each side. I think there are probably far more people in the middle um, that would agree on certain things and not others from both parties. Like, uh, for example, me, I'm very big into gun rights personally, because I feel like everybody has a right to own a gun. In Minnesota, we have the Minnesota Freedom Fighters. They get to walk around and they patrol the neighborhood doing positive things, but they carry, you know, heavy artillery assault rifles with them. And they're trying to change that narrative and that appeal of what a black man carrying an assault rifle looks like, because immediately most people in this country, unfortunately, see that as a threat. 
However, when you have uh, several white males running around with artillery and assault rifles and everything like that, it's no big deal. However, if you look at over history and you look at mass shootings, mass school shootings, unfortunately, statistically, those are done by white males. So why the fear when you see a person of color holding a gun is there, I'm not sure. But that's that's a considered a more Republican stance, the Second Amendment rights, things of that nature. Another thing that I have a, a true stance on or that would be more considered Republican, because I'm I don't consider myself a Democrat or Republican, but um being a person of color <laughs> and what's funny is being a person of color, if you are a Republican, you're immediately considered an Uncle Tom or you're you're voting against your people or what have you. And we gotta we gotta really stop and change the narrative in that thinking. But uh one other view that I have is I'm big on business. I like the fact that if you run a business that you have tax advantages that are va- are available to you. So people were very upset that the uh, Trump administration got his taxes leaked and all he paid being a billionaire was $750 or something like that in taxes. I don't know the full details about it, but a lot of people were up in arms about it. And the Democratic Party pushed that they want to have these larger corporations and billionaires uh, pay their fair share. Well, <laughs> if you go back in history and you look at the whole reason the U.S. broke away from Britain is because of taxes. They were being taxed here to pay for things to go back to Britain because it was a, considered a colony of Britain. Well, if we broke off and we didn't want to pay taxes to them, why would we go and turn around and tax our own people? So what I feel is we look at these people and we say, hey, they're not paying their fair share in taxes. But what we fail to realize is the people that are actually paying on these taxes, when they talk about raising the tax, it's income tax. A lot of these uh, billionaires, they're not making income because they have decided to they've generated enough wealth where they're not working for a dollar. So they don't have a true technical income. Their money comes from uh, stocks. It comes from assets. It comes from uh, real estate. So they have all these other investment vehicles that bring them money. That's not di- a direct income. And so when we say we're going to hit these larger paid people for income tax, what you're really talking about are uh, high end earners like attorneys, doctors, super specialized people that make a ton of money on income. And these people are are fully leveraged to the max as it is because no one's really taught them finance. No one's taught them how to do anything with their money. So what you have, what ends up happening is you, you get a doctor who makes $400,000 a year. He goes and buys a million dollar home. He gets himself a Tesla. He goes out and buys a, a Maserati and he gets a guest house that's or a cabin somewhere that's $250,000 that he goes to. And now that $400,000 income that he earns, he's a slave to because he's now has all these bills that he has to try to keep up and pay to be able to manage this crazy lifestyle. Now, is it luxury? Yes. But with every dollar that goes up in someone's income, typically they're the average American right now is creating more debt for themselves. And so what happens with these corporations are you started a business. You have an opportunity now where you can employ others. So we're going to give you tax breaks so that you can use your money to benefit and hire workers and help put other people that are going to put money into the business of America. They're going to buy groceries. They're going to pay for a house. They're going to do X, Y, Z. So because you're allowing a person to create an income that's actually going to put money into the economy and help build the economy, we're going to give you a tax break for that. Now, people complain about that. But what I don't see instead is more people saying, ah, you know what I should do? Let me start my own business, take advantage of those same tax loopholes or not even loopholes, but the tax code 
that's been available to people who start a business instead of complaining about what someone else isn't paying in. That's an opportunity that we're missing. So it all comes down for me with elections and things like that to educating, educating our people, educating yourself and figuring out, okay, how can me as an individual take the uh, advantage of these same tax advantages that others are doing? And these are the opportunities we can make on that. Now, maybe you don't have the the sense or you don't know what it is you want to do for a business, but there's opportunity. If you change your mindset on what you plan on doing, we have an opportunity to grow. And that's all I really want to see for people out here is to grow, make a difference, find something that works for you, and and let's work. One thing I don't like, though, are pro-lifers. <laughs> You're pro-life on not having an abortion. But once that life is here, it's it's cut off. There's you're on your own. There's no uh, assistance for food. There's no assistance for shelter. There's no assistance for the doctor. You figure all that out. So I don't like the sense of people using pro-life or something like that as a term because of the simple fact that all they really care about is the fact that you didn't abort that baby. Because once the baby's here in that mindset of, you know, the Republican party of what they carry as a definition right now says, once you're born, you're on your own. So that's the contract we make with this country. And I think we really got to take and start looking at some of these things a little bit closer and stop holding them so close to the heart because we have such a melting pot here in the U.S. and America. That's amazing. I mean, this is this is a great place if we can learn to get along and learn to accept people for being different instead of pulling at divisive issues that make us go our separate ways. Now, I'm not a fan of Trump. I would, I don't think I could, you could ever find a reason for me to vote for Trump. And the reason for that (laughs) uh, simply is that, you know, you could, you could look and say, yes, he's a businessman. You can look and say, okay, he, he doesn't necessarily have the, the proper rhetoric or the proper talk for being a uh, president or, you know, he's a little edgy because he's not a politician. All that's fine and dandy. But for me, what it comes down to is, and a lot of people say, yes, Trump is not a racist. He denounced racism. But I'm sorry, when you create division based along the lines of race, that is the definition of being a racist. And for me, that is one thing I can't get past is just this overt level of of racism in putting it out there. Now, when it comes to racism, I'll take my racism out front and center versus hidden and cold or anything like that, because then I know exactly what I'm dealing with. So I appreciate Trump for being out front and center, but that does not mean that I would appreciate him as a president for that reason. So that is my little bit of spiel on, on, part, on part of that with when it comes to the decision for Trump. Now, in my house, we've had this long, long battle because we go back and forth and we have these discussions about Biden. And people say, I've talked to a number of individuals. We've had plenty of conversations about this with people that I feel are comfortable speaking about politics without the the extra <laughs> where we're going to end up getting into an argument or whatever. We can respectfully agree to disagree on whatever it is. And what I'm finding that is a lot of people that are going out and that voted for Biden did so because it wasn't a vote for Trump, meaning, you know, they had a different candidate in mind or Biden wasn't necessarily the candidate that they wanted, but Biden stood for something a little bit different or a little bit better than what was currently being offered. And that is the only reason you're seeing people that voted for Biden. Now, here's an interesting thing that I noticed. I believe it was somewhere around, I, I don't know the full the full numbers because the, it's been <laughs> at the point of this recording and release, it's been two weeks and they still are calling you know, Biden, the projected winner, there's still some votes that are not being counted, what have you. So 
Biden being the projected winner, this was a record election, had the most uh, voters ever in history. Largest election, most voters ever in history of the United States. And I think total, we had somewhere around 130 million that they've counted so far. That means 130 million people got out and voted. The interesting piece to that for me is that we have over 300 million people in the United States. I think it's like close to 350 million people in the United States. So one third of the population, one third, not even half of the population decided who they wanted in the election or who they wanted in office. Biden won the popular vote. Allegedly, (laughs) Um, even Fox News has given him the election and said that he's won the election. And by the numbers, it looks to be that Biden has uh, won the popular vote. So that means that we are allowing not even the entire population to vote on what we have here. There are other nations I'm going to see if I can find the video. I'm going to post a lot of resources in the details of this one. But there's a video out there of other nations and their voting process and what they think of the United States voting process. And there are countries, mind you, some of these have less less citizens than the U.S. and what have you, but there are other countries around the globe that are considered democracies, Um, I don't even really consider us a democracy or more of a republic. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. But voter turnout is 80 to what I heard as the high 91%. 80 to 91% in other democratic areas throughout the globe. We are at one third the population. 33%. 33% compared to 80, 90%. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just a massive difference in the amount of voter turnout and the level of just decision making that's done. If we had a 90 percent voter turnout, I don't even think a Democrat or Republican would have won an election. That's how different and significant that can be. So when we talk about these uh, politicians and the things that are happening within the U.S., we're only running this off of one third of the population that we have in this country. And I'm not even sure if that counts undocumented citizens that we have in the country. (laughs) So it's just a wide, it's just mind boggling sometimes when you think about that and you think about this election and you think about everything that's taking place. And I I want to talk about this here because it was something that I I pulled up and this was uh, some research, I guess, that Van Jones had done uh, prior to the election, because it, we knew being 2020 being a pandemic year, there were going to be a lot of absentee ballots that came in. On election night, it was very interesting <laughs> to see how some of the states flip-flopped uh, from you know blue to red, red to blue, whatever you want to call it, whichever ones they were. And listening to what came out of the White House. But before I get into what came out of the White House, let's talk about this research into the Constitution that Van Jones found. First off, when we have side table, <laughs> side table Van Jones, the this is why I feel we live in the republic, a republic, okay? Not a democracy. Democracy means majority rules, okay? We have had several elections, not even just in the new era, but 1700s, 1800s, we've had several elections where we've had president, presidential candidates that have won and gotten into office that have not won the popular vote. Why is that? Well, for one, we have the electoral college who decides, you know, they are, they try to, or are supposed to follow the uh, voters. And if the majority of a voter is for, you know, ex candidates, that's, how you expect the electoral college to divvy their votes towards. And that's how we have the 
they need 270 electoral votes to uh, become president because that's the majority. Now, with that being said, they don't have to. That's just the suggested rule that they've continued to follow is that when they see the majority or the population vote X way, they try to follow that lead and vote that. Now, don't take everything I'm saying as 100%. Go do your own research. Um, I may fumble or not get everything exactly correct in this. So make sure you are going out and doing your own research on that. But like I'm saying, the Electoral College, they typically try to follow what the voters are within their state, within their region, et cetera, et cetera, for a vote. Now, when you're going through the midterm elections or, you know, the progression up to becoming the uh, voted candidate for your party, you are still, as a U.S. citizen, you really aren't technically the one deciding who is going to be the candidate for uh, a major party. So, what ends up happening if you see these, the, the, the Democratic convention or the Republican convention at that point, all the states get a vote in who they want to elect as their party's candidate for presidency. They typically try to follow what the American people say. They try to follow what the popular vote is saying based on the polling and the votes that come in before we get to uh, the true election race. And this happens about a year, year and a half before our true deadline for going out and voting. We, we, we've seen this where you have, you know, the last couple of elections, I don't know, we had somewhere between 10, 15 candidates on each side and everybody dwindled down until they figured out who they wanted. And at the democratic election, you'll notice they say, we want Joe Biden at the Republican election. They'll say, we want Trump and every state votes every state in the union that's a part of uh you know these major parties votes and they decide who's going to be their candidate we we saw where last the last election Hillary Clinton ended up winning she went through uh, a huge fight with Bernie Sanders and they were very close and Bernie Sanders could have fought all the way up to the Democratic convention to become that party's candidate However, he decided to concede and, you know, we, we know what happened there. So it's not necessary, not necessarily true that the American people have anything to do with this. The Democratic Party could say, well, we know that they like Joe Biden, but we want to elect, you know, let's, let's just use Bernie for uh, all intents and purposes. They could say, okay, yeah, everybody likes Biden. But we like we like Bernie. We think he's a better suit for our candidacy. So that's who we're going to vote in. And that's who they vote in. So that's one step that tells you that we really have nothing to do with this whole process. The Electoral College is another. Now, <laughs> let's get over to Van Jones. Van Jones did some research into the Constitution. And so I'm taking from what he did. He seems to typically be a credible source. He's an attorney. He's he's done the research investigation, I'm going to take what he's saying as to be true. So you, I'll link this video. You can send me a message if any of this information is false so that we can correct it on a later episode. But here, here's what he said. Even if the election looks to be won based off of the Electoral College, all of that. Okay. So as a presidential candidate, you can still lose the popular vote. You can lose the Electoral College and you could still be sworn in as president. And this is according to the Constitution. So after all the confetti, after the big hoopla, after what's supposed to be the decision that's made, you know, typically around the election day, <laughs> you see, we've uh, gone a little bit further past that on this one. He said that there's an elite selection process that happens behind closed doors. Now, in this process, as we've seen it play out kind of dramatically with Trump, you can file lawsuits to block mail-in ballots. You can demand states uh, refuse to recertify the election, claiming fraud, or not re not recertify, but to certify the election, claiming that it, there has been fraud. And, and you can try all these different things, right? But then you can also say that 
the the losers party this case in this case me and Trump could send a rival state of electors to the electoral college or to congress to attest that they are the electors um not the electoral college or the people and create this huge hoopla within congress and basically what ends up happening through this long drawn out process this is really drawn down from layman's terms but the the you create such a big mess and it all ends up in front of the house of representatives and if it ends up in Congress or with the House of Representatives, they don't have to pay attention to anything that happened during the voting process. They don't have to pay attention to the, the popular vote. They don't have to pay attention to the Electoral College. What ends up happening is each state gets to vote and decide on who gets to be president. Well, if you look at the lay of the land on any map that they showed during our election, there were way more red states than blue states. And you say, well, if that's the case, how the heck is it that we have a Democratic electoral candidate that won the election? Well, in all those blue states, there's a lot more electoral votes, electoral college votes. And that's where a majority of the population in the U.S. lives are in typical, typically in blue states um, based off of, you know, electoral history. Okay, so you have more people in densely populated in blue states than you do in red states. But there are more red states in the union than there are blue states. Meaning that if all this hoopla and mess were to get laid out onto the house floor and it were to be left up to the states to make the vote, Trump would still have an opportunity on January 20th or what have you to still be sworn in as the United States president, regardless of losing the uh, popular vote, regardless of losing the electoral college vote or anything else just by simply creating enough mess and getting this on the floor for the American people to be left out and the let Congress decide or basically the states decide, not even Congress. So that's what you can typically see happen in a very messy, messy, drawn out process. I don't know if of any time in history where it has happened. I tried to look it up. I think there might have been I think the farthest anybody has taken this, the, uh, you know, election issue was as far as Gore in the 2000 election against Bush. There was one election in the 1800s that went to the Supreme Court. I think it was like 1896. I can't remember exactly what happened there, but there was, that was the other election that kind of had a little bit of, a little bit of stress or drama going on with it. But Gore was the last one. And when it went to the Supreme Court, and they ruled that Bush was the winner. Uh, at that point, Gore dropped it. He did not take it to the to the Senate floor or what have you to try to become president at that point. And at that point, he also conceded. Now, what we have had in this election, <laughs> election night, I, I didn't think we were going to find out who the U.S. president was at that time. But election night, I thought, oh, okay, we'll, we'll know pretty much who we might have as a winner. And it drug on <laughs> and it drug on and it drug on. And finally, I was like, you know, I hate election years. I hate the about the year and a half, two years before election, because all you do is you see rhetoric and bantering back and forth and you see the political climate start to heat up. And I hate that time. It's a stressful time. And you start to see people really change who they are. This was no different. And what ended up happening during election night was comical. It was, it was, it was interesting and it was embarrassing <laughs> for to be a person in the U.S. watching Donald Trump come out and instead of reassuring his base that the, the electoral process was being done as it was supposed to or anything like that or, or what have you, he said, you know, prior, basically, if he loses the election, it was going to be due to some type of fraud. We knew it was going to come. We just didn't, I don't think anybody was ready for just how dramatic it would be. And he was, you have a sitting president in the White House come out and say, all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. These, you know, we, we looking like we, we've won states. They've, they're projecting us as the winner. And then all of a sudden, uh, everything changed. What happened? And claiming 
electoral fraud. He's going to be claiming, you know, pushing lawsuits and that the election is being stolen. And this is obviously the, you know, this is the tweeting president that we have currently. So he went on a wild tweet stream on on Twitter and to watch that come out of the the White House during the middle of an election and you have all these other countries because they they look to see what the US does we we lead in a lot of things around the globe and they're watching this and, and it was it was so interesting just to watch that take place that I couldn't I couldn't quite grasp or wrap my head around like what I was seeing and to me it was just it was just comical I couldn't do anything but laugh because it was just it was embarrassing just to watch that I don't care if I if if you like Trump if you don't like Trump there's just some things that are a little bit too outlandish for what you would consider a leader to be doing and when 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 I was a kid when a lot of my friends were kids as my, my kids kind of grew up. The The presidential office was something you were supposed to, I guess, kind of respect or, or, you know, hold a little nearer and dearer that you looked up. That person was somebody you could kind of look up to, you know, per se. Um, I see a lot of parents, a lot of kids have no respect for the White House or for the president, for what democracy is, because it's become such uh, interesting reality show with real consequences. That's, that's how I can kind of describe it. What, what we have is a reality show with real consequences. So, so yeah, that's kind of what, what, what's been going on with that. And to watch that was, was a very, very weird and very interesting time. Then you have Joe Biden come out and basically have to now Instead of just addressing the people, he has to try to refute <laughs> what is going on at the White House. Like this, this is this is not supposed. This should be happening maybe the other way around, not coming from a sitting president in the White House. And so this this is played out. And then I think you know, just the other day there was a tweet that finally came out, and he sort of conceded, but he didn't, and Twitter went crazy on him. And said that, you know, he finally conceded and he sent out a bombardment of tweets that basically refuted that and that he's not conceding to anything. And what what I'm noticing is that the president is having to be slapped with all these labels of misinformation, misinformation, misinformation on all these tweets. I don't understand a society that sees this as acceptable from anyone that's supposed to be leading a country. Like this is what we're electing. And, and, and so George Kylan, uh just fits so perfectly for this because uh, my wife and I, we, we hate even voting. We know it's a part of the process. We know it's necessary, but what are we voting for? What, what are we putting into this office? And when you think about it, we need to be focused. If you're going to vote, you really need to be focused on the non-presidential elections, those local and state elections, those have more effect on you and what you do than the presidential election. Yes, it does affect us as a country as a whole, but we are all small unions, small independent unions agreed to be a part of this large union. So you really need to pay attention to those uh, local races and on those non-presidential voting years, vote those two. Because if you have a president and he's just really a mouthpiece, it's the states that get the things done. It's the U.S. House of Representatives. It's the Congress that make the decisions. And those all are people that are getting put up there from the state. So we really got to focus more on that. But this election has been really crazy. I mean, to think we had, <laughs> I saw so many good memes. One of, the, one of my favorites was, we can't believe the election's coming down to WAP. Wisconsin, Arizona, and Pennsylvania. <laughs> and so uh, I thought that was hilarious. I, I laughed out loud about that one. But to see that, uh, yeah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia took so long to count through some of these ballots. I didn't even realize how densely populated 
Pennsylvania was. Not even all of Pennsylvania, but Philly and a couple other places out there. Pittsburgh. It, it was quite interesting to see that and, and to watch how it seemed like Trump was on his way to victory and then start seeing all these numbers coming in and changing over. They really, the Democratic Party really pushed mail-in ballots to prevent people from going out during a pandemic and waiting in these long lines and trying to vote. So it was only, I guess, telling that a lot of these votes were going to come in and be Democratic votes. But what was striking was how many were. And so it was very interesting to look at this this election as a whole, this process as a whole, and to think, I think more people are actually in elections are going to start doing mail-in vo- voting because it's so much more convenient. I mean, the, the process seemed to be a little bit easier. Um, there were less lines at the polls on election day. One thing I would like to see or would be more interesting to me is to not allow people to, or states to, uh, tell you how the voting's going. Cause we, I don't want to, I don't want anything to taint an election, you know, more than what we already have. So if we could just somehow figure out a process that actually gets through these mail-in ballots faster, I know it's done by state, you know, some states can count them early. Some states, they can't count them till day of, but I think we need to have a better preparation point for that. We also, there's a lot about our election process that needs to change. And there's a lot about our election process that needs to change if it's going to be done by the people anyway. We we just really got to get that under control. But it, this was just so interesting to watch all of this play out. It was interesting to see a lot of things happen <laughs> throughout this election. We we also, this is historic because we have our first black woman elected to office. And a lot of people out there try to say uh, Kamala Harris, uh, she doesn't claim to be black you know, look at the things she did in California to, to black, black citizens who were criminals and what have you and respect. I understand all that, but at the same time we have to, there's, there's not enough celebration of what black women do in this country. They are probably the most uh, left behind group out of everybody. Black men are even considered at a higher level than the black woman. And so to see Kamala Harris get there as a, a person of color, I respect that. It, it doesn't matter if she's, she's black. It doesn't matter if she's Indian. She, she represents herself well. She went to Howard, uh, which is a, you know, historical black college. She, she was a prosecuting attorney. And now do I necessarily agree with what she did in California? No, but she did what she was called to do for a job as a prosecutor in California. So, so, you know, I I don't know how you weigh that. Um, She was the attorney general of the state and she made enough noise as a candidate to join the ticket with Joe Biden. I guess Joe Biden, we can, we can give him some respect for choosing a black woman to run on his ticket. I don't know how political that was or or if he was trying to gain something by that, you know, everything's a strategy, but, uh, obviously he felt well enough for her to be on the ticket. My question is how much effect is she going to have in that office? How much of a voice is she going to have in that office? That's what I want to see. So interesting election, a lot of interesting things that happen. Uh, I definitely want to hear, uh, on our social media platforms, what you guys think happened through this election, how you feel about it, what you saw that was interesting or crazy, and send us some good memes. Love to see those. <laughs> and you can find us at Goals PDCST. That's at Goals PDCST, podcast without the vowels, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let us know what you think about everything that happened with the election, how you feel about it, positive or negative. Tell us. We want to hear about it. But Before I let you go, got to let you know, we got a champagne segment coming up. Ready? Want to hear it? Here it go. Hey, everyone. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well-informed, highly educated, and safe to share with your whole family, that's not us. Nope, it's not. But here at the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it. That we do. 
New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Check us out at nickandrust.com. And find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more, including YouTube. Thank you, and I love you all. Hey, what's up, Goals Crew? It's Dub here. And I just want to talk to you guys a little bit about being on the internet. Every time you're out on your phone or surfing the web on your computer, there's always somebody looking to get your data, intercept your information, do something malicious with it, or take that information and sell it to other companies for a profit without you even being able to make anything from it. So why give that information away for free? Well, I've worked in tech for a number of years, so I've seen it happen over and over again. And one thing that we've done here is we want to give back. So at Goals, we've partnered with NordVPN, and they're going to hook anybody up that listens to our podcast with 68% off their services. VPN is a great way to block others from being able to intercept your data and use it maliciously or just be able to sell it and make profits off of it. So if you want to protect your data, shoot over to nordvpn.com slash goals podcast to get up to 68% off their services. And that way they know that we sent you over nordvpn.com slash goals podcast. Go get your VPN hooked up today and be protected. Hey, and we're back. So before we go, we just wanted to wrap it up and say, hey, look, the election's over. Let's all depress a little bit, digress. Let's let's get some stress off of our heads. You know, let's celebrate if you are or or be upset if you aren't. Go have a drink and relax or just, you know, instead of a drink, just, just go meditate, chill out. Life is good. And tomorrow's a new day. Let's let's make it happen because. The president can't make it happen for you. We got to get out here as one another and make this change and make this difference for ourselves. So no matter which side of the aisle you're on, reach over, shake somebody else's hand, show them some love. Because for every winner, there's a loser that's hurting. For every loser, there's a winner that's winning. I just want to see everybody win. That's my main focus. I'm trying to win. And the president ain't going to stop my show. So... Let's keep it moving. And we want to make sure y'all are good all the time, anytime, every time. So keep tuning in. We're going to keep trying to hit y'all with the positivity. We hope you enjoyed a little bit of just different perspectives and different ideologies that we had to to talk about on this episode of politicking. (laughs) One area we try to stay away from, but hey, if we're going to lift society, we got to touch on it all, man. We got to we got to hit y'all with everything. So that's our episode today. I'm solo. I have fun. It was interesting to talk to y'all about politics and this the world of that it plays in our society. So hopefully we can we can start to learn, you know, understand people's values, respect it and respect to respectfully disagree, man. That's that's what life's about. Let's have some fun. So I'll catch up to you guys next time. And I am out. Peace. Peace.